Street House Podcast, where we gather at the table to hear each other's stories. I'm your host, Angie Smith, and I am so glad that you're here. Please pull up a chair and join us. Welcome to the table. Today is going to be a little bit different of an episode. As I was looking at the topics that we've covered, I mean, even from the beginning of the year where we started off talking about grief for was it two, three months? <laughs> um, and now we're in the series, What Should I Know? And covering really great topics, uh, things that I wanted to know about. And hopefully you've been learning a lot during the process as well. But what I realized is that we are covering a lot of really heavy topics. And maybe it's because I'm an Enneagram 7, <laughs> which if you don't know about the Enneagram, it basically means I'm an enthusiast and like to have fun. And I was feeling like maybe we should just take a breather for a couple of weeks and have some fun conversations. And so this week, I was trying to think of, you know, if I wanted to talk about something that's fun, what should I know about having fun or, you know, just thinking about fun, my first thought is the North Shore on Minnesota. It is just my very, very favorite place. And there's a there's a term in Celtic Christianity called thin space, where it feels like the space between this world and God's world is thin, and the North Shore does that for me. I don't I just feel it feels majestic to me up there, and so I thought you know what you know people ask me from time to time when they're going up to the North Shore, on for advice about where to stay or things to do, and so I just thought I would talk about a few of my favorites today. And maybe encourage you to go up and experience the North Shore. Uh, yeah, so we'll just talk about a few things that are my favorite things. I also talked to a, a friend of mine who does some cold weather camping and hiking and got some advice from her. Everything that I talk about and more will be on the show notes. And I actually might just do a page on my website because there's a lot of information. When I sat down, I just for quick notes, I typed out three pages and tried to record it for an episode, and it was 45 minutes, and I wasn't sure that you wanted to listen to me talk for 45 minutes about the North Shore, so we're going to do a brief, more brief episode today, but all that information is good, and so I just wanted to make sure that it's available to you, so I'll put that on the website. So when I think of the North Shore, I, it's that if you've been there before, when you're driving up Highway 35, and you come up over the hill, and then all of a sudden you can see Duluth and Lake Superior. And there's just this ugh, big exhale when I come over that hill. And it's a place of rest for me. And I love going there with girlfriends and my family. I've gone up there by myself. And not only my husband and my children, but also extended family. So it's just one of my favorite places. So and there's just there's tons to do in Duluth. And but I I feel like Duluth isn't really the North Shore. It's kind of the the gateway. But there are lots of great things to do in Duluth. And there are lots of great ways to find out about it. And I'll just put all of that in the show notes. But some things that I want to make sure that I things that we don't miss when we go to Duluth, we almost always stop down in Canal Park. It's the the canal for the iron ore ships to come out of Lake Superior and get into the St. Louis River and all of the ports that are in there. 
And you can stand just feet away from these huge ships that are coming through the canal. There's a great museum down there right by the canal that talks about all the boats and the history of the iron ore industry. And it tells you when the ships are going to be coming in and out. And my boys have loved it. And that's it's a free museum, too. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, it's just a great place to wander around and and learn a little bit more about the lake and learn more about the industry that the lake supports. So that's one place that we always try to make sure that we stop on our way through. Another favorite is a place to eat, and that is the Blackwoods Grill. They have this agate sauce, agate like the rock. And I don't know what's in it, but it's it's amazing. And Whenever, even if we are not going to eat there, very often I will call ahead and order an order of sweet potato fries with agate sauce on the side and just eat it in the car on the way up because it is my favorite. And the sweet potato fries are basically a vehicle to get the agate sauce into my mouth, but it is so, so good. And the restaurant's fun. You've got a great view and there's a little train that runs through the restaurant, a little, uh, model train and they've got like an aquarium with fish and yeah we've always enjoyed going there as a family um another great place to eat in Duluth too is at Sarah's Table Chester Creek Cafe it was actually featured on diners drive-ins and dives uh but they've got such good food local you know local food local influences on the food but so so good it's up out of the main area of Duluth so you have to look for it a little bit but really worth the drive up the hill to to stop there. Yeah, so that's kind of Duluth in a nutshell. There's a lot of places to see. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes. But it's really getting up past even, because the next town is Two Harbors, but it's even getting past Two Harbors and visiting the state parks along the lake. That is just my very favorite thing to do. There are so many waterfalls, and if you go in the spring, the the rush of water and just the thunder of water coming over the cliffs is it's so loud I mean it's hard it's hard to explain but it's so beautiful and so loud that spring is one of my favorite times to be able to go up to the north shore and I'm not sure I'm going to get up there this year in the spring which makes me sad Uh, but it's yeah just so beautiful and so many different kinds of hikes that you can do. They've done a really great job at the state parks to make some of the hiking accessible, like even wheelchair accessible. So at Gooseberry Falls, you can go on a paved trail all the way down to the Middle Falls, which is the largest waterfall there. But it is, they've, yeah, they've done a really great job making it accessible. And the, also the, at Gooseberry Falls, the shop is really nice. The visitor center is really nice, and they've got a great gift shop. (laughs) I always like to stop there to look. But then Split Rock is one of my favorites. And, you know, they just, they do such a great job at Split Rock with the tours and creating an experience of what life would have been like. Because when they built Split Rock, there was no road to get there. You could only come by boat and then come up the side of the cliff. And so the family that lived there were basically living in the wilderness, They've done a re- really great job renovating the keeper's house that they is part of the museum. So if you go up there during their regular season when they have uh, visiting hours and tours, you get to see the keeper's house. You get to see how the family lived. You get to go into the lighthouse and up by the 
it's a Frizzell, Frizzell lens that the that they use in the lighthouse and it's really amazing how close you get to get to it and and to see it moving and working and once a year they light it in honor of the those that were lost on the Edmund Fitzgerald and that is usually in November which is also really cool to see the lighthouse lit but yeah, it's such a great museum. In the visitor center, they've got a great film and just some great exhibits explaining about the a lot of hands-on exhibits talking about the the technology of the time, the technology of the lighthouse and our kids have always loved going there. I've always loved going there and visiting. And again, another great little shop there at the at the Split Rock Lighthouse. Light in the lighthouse, the there's the park, state park, but then it's also a Minnesota historical society site they're the ones that give the tour and and don't even get me started on the minnesota historical society it is the best membership you can get because you go you can go anywhere in the state basically anywhere in the state and find really great sites that you get to get into as a member so i'll put that in the show notes too but yeah, there's just so many great things to do. There's a out of Silver Bay. I did this last year. I went up to do a retreat on my own. And out of the Silver Bay Marina, there's a ship, a boat called the Winona, and it's with North Shore Scenic Cruises. And they've got a couple of different cruises that you can do. And it was so awe-inspiring to to see to see the cliffs. And I actually did the one where you went down and saw Split Rock Lighthouse to see the lighthouse from the lake was it was amazing. I went by myself, so I'm I didn't have my kids with me, so I'm not sure how well they would have fared on it, but I loved it and it was amazing and the people on the boat were so friendly, so accommodating, accommodating and really knowledgeable. They, you know, explained it's a tour, it's a they'll explain things as you go down the the shoreline and and then we also visited uh, right next to the marina is a taconite. It's not a, really a shipyard. I'm not sure how I would explain it. A har- taconite harbor, maybe? But they load ships, and we got real close to one that was being loaded, which was kind of cool. But I think one of my favorite state parks up there is Tedaguch State Park. There is just so much, there's so much to do. There are different, a lot of different kinds of camping that you can do there. There's garden sites where you're 50 feet from Lake Superior, which is an amazing experience to sleep and hear the water lapping at the shore. And it, and when you come out of your tent, it's just, it's right there, the expanse of Lake Superior. It's amazing. They also have the Baptism River Campground, and we've camped there as a family. So there's showers accessible. And then we also did the Tedaguch Camp, which is a little bit farther inland, and it's a 1.7-mile hike to get in, and you go up 300 feet and down 300 feet. So it's a bit of a hike to get in there. But when you get in there, they've got four cabins that you can, you need reservations, um, but four cabins that you can stay in. And then they have electricity, and they don't have running water, but there's a, a well there, which was kind of fun when we went as a family, that we had to go and pump water for the cabin. They do have a bathhouse that have flushing toilets and shower rooms, which I did not know about. I thought it was just going to be vaulted toilets, so it felt a little luxurious (laughs) that there was actually a flushing toilet back there. But those are great. Great. That's a great park to stay at, and it gives you a lot of different kinds of 
options for where you can stay for camping. There are a lot of waterfalls there too. There's Cascade Falls, Two-Step Falls, and High Falls. Um, there's some. There's great hiking and loops that you can do. But then there's also swimming there. Tedaguch has the Baptism River in it, and the Baptism River comes down and empties into Lake Superior. And you can swim in the Baptism River and then let yourself float and get pushed out into Lake Superior. And, and you know when you hit Lake Superior because there's just wall of freezing cold water. And it does not matter what time of year you go. Lake Superior is a freezing cold lake. Um, maybe it get maybe in like September on the South Shore, it's more swimmable, but up on the North Shore, it is just cold all the time. And then the Temperance River is another state park that's up there that has really great hiking and um, some more waterfalls. And again, <laughs> you're probably noticing waterfalls are my absolute favorite thing to watch, especially in the spring. I could just sit and watch water rush over those cliffs. I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. But then up farther, there is Lutzen Resort, which is a great place to stay, and Cascade Lodge. These are all up in Lutzen. Um, and Cascade State Park, which again, as its name suggests, Cascade, it's all these different cascades of water. So there are some waterfalls that are bigger than others, but otherwise it's just cascading water. And it is, it's just mesmerizing to sit and watch the water, you know, rush over the cliffs. It's so, it's so beautiful. And the hiking's not strenuous, not too strenuous either. I mean, I've seen people do the hike in all different kinds of footwear even. There are more strenuous hikes that you can go from, from there that uh, would probably require a little bit more suitable footwear for you. But even when I asked my friend about places to go hiking, she suggested hiking at the Cascade River, and you can go and follow the river, and then you can go off, and actually it hooks up with a lot of places along the North Shore. You can hook up with the Superior Hiking Trail, which I don't know how many how many miles of trail there, is, there are on the Superior Hiking Trail. Yeah, I can't remember. But there are a lot of great hikes along there, too. And that a lot of the information that I got from my friend Sarah... I think she's talking a lot about some stops on the Superior Hiking Trail. So I'll make sure that I include all of that in the show notes, too, because she had a lot of great suggestions and she's done a lot of different kinds of hiking up there, too. Something that's, you know, more rustic, a little less rustic. So I'll make sure all that's in the show notes, too. Yeah, but that area up around Cascade State Park is just beautiful. And then if you're at Cascade Park, you may as well go 10 more minutes. <laughs> and then you're up at Grand Marais, which if you've not visited Grand Marais before, make a make a plan to go up there. It's kind of it's pretty far to go for a day trip because it takes about 4 4 and a half hours from the Twin Cities to get up there. But it is it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful small town. Um so if you do go there, um, make sure you visit the grocery store before six or seven o'clock because they close, which surprised me. You know, down here in the Twin Cities, everything is open 24 hours, but not not in Grand Marais. The grocery store will close and, and then you'll be left with gas station food <laughs> if you didn't have anything. But there are fun places to visit up there. There's 
the world's best donuts and Beth's fudge, lots of great little shops. And then there's the Lake Superior Trading Post and a Ben Franklin, which is so fun because a lot of people probably remember shopping at a Ben Franklin when you were young. Okay, I would I would say you might remember it if you're 45 and over. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's such a great area. And in the also in the downtown area is a stone beach, and it's actually right by the Lake Superior Trading Post. And then there's even next to the Trading Post, there's a little window service for the Java Moose, which is the a coffee house that's in town. So you can get a cup of coffee and sit down on the stone beach and watch the water and watch the boats come in. If you've got littles, they can throw rocks in the lake endlessly. That's another thing I should have mentioned. (laughs) Our boys loved throwing rocks into the lake and they could do it for hours. And there are a ton of beaches up along the way where that are free that you can just go and sit and watch the water and kids can throw rocks in the lake and yeah it's just super relaxing but if you're gonna go as far as Grand Marais you may as well keep going a little farther (laughs) and there's another state park up there Judge C.R. Magny and I think a lot of people don't make it that far north I think people probably go to Grand Marais and call it good but Judge C.R. Magny has great camping there the it's a state park and their camping spots are pretty tree-lined, so they're pretty secluded. And then they've got this great hike that goes back to, it's called Devil's Kettle. And the water comes down from this waterfall and swirls around and goes down into a hole. It looks like a big kettle, that's the name. And the water goes in, but they don't know, well, they didn't know where it comes out. I saw an article in the paper that said they discovered where it came out. But it so it's kind of creepy. I remember going back there and thinking, hiking back and thinking, nobody knows where that water's coming out. That's just, it seems unbelievable, but I guess they figured it out now. Um, but it's a really, it's a, it's a fun hike. It's a great state park. And, and then the last state park is Grand Portage and which is up on the border. So if you actually hike it, hike the hike back to the Pigeon River, you can see Canada because Canada is on the other side of the river. The Pigeon River is the the border and that's another great paved path that's very very accessible. Then there are more challenging hikes that you can do too. But it's yeah, it's they've done a great job making it accessible. Also while you're in Grand Portage, I would suggest not missing the Grand Portage National Monument. It's a joint venture between the National Park Service and the Grand Portage Band of Ojibwe, and they've done a really beautiful job, at least from my perspective, of telling the story of the fur traders and the voyagers, but but also the story of the Ojibwe people in that area. And they built a new heritage center. Mm, I'm I think it was in maybe around 07. And in that heritage center, they've got a film about the Ojibwe people that was such a great film and you know I've learned Minnesota I grew up in Minnesota I learned Minnesota history and this was looking at Minnesota history from a different perspective that I hadn't heard before but really appreciated hearing so it's a it's a really great film good heritage center and then there it's a lot of hands-on experiences down in the National Monument they've got the headquarter buildings they've got an encampment of voyagers they have the all the Ojibwe wigwams for the different seasons and then they also have a place where they teach you 
how they made the canoes. So really great, lots of space to run, really fun place to visit with kids because they can run all over and people that are doing different demonstrations that you can ask questions of. And again, it's right on Lake Superior. So, so beautiful. So that's kind of my overview of the North Shore, which is just one of my very favorite places to visit. Uh, If you've been to the shores in Maine, when we went and visited there a couple summers ago, we thought it looked a lot like Lake Superior, just the ragged, rugged coast and really just so beautiful. And like I said, so majestic. And there are a lot of great things to do up there. Again, I'll make sure I have everything in the show notes. But if you're thinking about something to do this summer, maybe think about heading up to the North Shore and checking out all the things that there are to see and do. And with your family, with your girlfriends, a group of guys, you can camp, you could stay in a hotel, just all different kinds of options up there. So those are some of the things that I thought that you should know about the North Shore in Minnesota. And yeah, I hope you're able to make it up there sometime. Make sure that you tune in next week. It is going to be my birthday celebration. Woohoo! 44! And we're going to do some fun things. I'm having my friend Callie come in and join me for the episode. And we'll be doing some giveaways. So make sure that you tune in. If you haven't already, please subscribe. The podcast is on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. And I think it's on Google Play. So wherever you are listening to podcasts, you can go ahead and subscribe. And if you do get it through iTunes, if you could go in and rate it or on Stitcher, that would be great. I'd appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in today for a little more fun episode, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Retreat House podcast. Any links mentioned in the show can be found in the show notes. We want to thank Isaac Turley for his music at the beginning and end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, and we'll see you next week on the Retreat House podcast.